If I can feel my beard hair, just stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me that's recording. Oh. oh. See, that's just you, that. It's the That's going to be a real, mm. you know, right? Mm-hmm. You're very weird. Welcome to the Tip to Skills podcast, where we discuss running and growing your law firm. I'm your host, Maria Monroy, president and co-founder of LawRank. Today, I am joined by Bob Simon, who was actually our first guest ever. If you don't know Bob Simon, I don't know, you're hiding under a rock, you should follow him, Planet Fun Bob on Instagram. We talked about Lardi Gras, which is actually my favorite conference ever, and I know I don't get paid for saying that. We talked about trivia shows that he was in, and we played Two Truths and a Lie. I hope you guys enjoy it. You were the first guest. I know. We you were, remember? Yeah, we were at Lardi Gras, and you pulled me aside in a small conference room that wasn't being used. Yep. With we didn't little, have video or anything. Your little radio kit. I actually called you before I launched the podcast. I know. And I was like, should I do it? And you're like, yes, you should. I was like, will you be my first? I mean, see, I mean, see how successful it is. And people just want to yeah. reach out to you to be on it and things. Yeah. yeah. We're launching, uh, our launching, I think actually today or tomorrow, we're doing the Justice Team Network. So we're starting a media network that has yeah. everybody's shows on one platform. That's awesome. So on the Apple channel, you can get all, I'm doing one called, well, Bourbon Proof, you know, I do Justice Team podcast, but now uh, one called The Consultation, where we just like literally walk clients through what it's like to talk to a lawyer. That's amazing. Yeah. We'll add other people's shows too and just blow it up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What else do you have going on? Everything and nothing at the same time. No, you have like everything <laughs> going on. I'm big into software lately, so we're having a product launch. Um, we're here in August, late August, but this is launching in October 2023. Okay. Um, I think it'll change the entire landscape of how people practice law. On top of that, my you know our firm is expanding. My law firm is now in Arizona and Texas. A few of my partners moved out to those states. That's rocking and rolling. I'm doing a lot of traveling because for the platform we're going to launch, we need to have the best lawyers on both ends of our marketplace to That's be able awesome. to make it work. Yeah. So meeting people, making sure they're neither crooks nor creeps so that they can apply and be approved by the rest of the members. How many people are you declining? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's <laughs> rapid. And people get mad at me too. And I feel bad because some people that I know or I'm friends with, and oh, what the fuck, man? I got rejected. Well, it's not my call. I think one thing that um, lawyers fail to do well is networking. You're so good at it. Yeah. You're the king of networking. And that's because it's it's intentional. And I do love it. I love people. Do you? <laughs> I do. I hate yeah. people. Yeah. Well, sometimes I have to go, like, I could get a little burnout out in the middle of a conference. I could just go hide in my room for a little bit and chill, decompress, I had get work done. some deep burnout after that dinner yesterday. I came here and I was like, fuck, I'm oh, yeah. It's a lot of energy because you're also running logistics. When you're doing an event, you're also doing everything else. And that's exhausting. Yeah. Even getting everyone a fucking Uber was yeah. like. It's an ordeal. It's like literally corralling children. Drunk, drunk children. I wasn't drinking. I think if I had been drinking, it would have been more doable. No, but like people, when they go, well, I'm going to this conference. It's like, well, what's your plan? <laughs> Why are you going? Who do you want to talk to? What are you looking to get out of it? You have to have your, your set deliverables of. Damn, I don't do that. You should. I just run around. Oh, what I used to do when I was a baby lawyer, when I would go to these things, is I would, instead of vision boards, when I performed what a vision board was, I would literally pick out the people that I wanted to like be around, be mentored, or to learn from, or get cases from, and I would learn things about them. So if I, and I would intentionally put myself in front of them, and I, I'd make myself a little lookbook so I remember what they look like, remember some things about them I keep in my hotel room, then you'd find a commonality, but it was a commonality that I had predetermined that we had brought up in casual conversation and then you become always get their contact info rather than giving yours so you control the the conversation later so you can text them or you can hit them back yeah i mean but people that just go well you're just wasting your money if you don't have a reason 
But what what do you do if you're like a super shy person and like you get like social anxiety? If you're super shy and have social anxiety, well, then social media is the perfect tool for you to slide in somebody's DMs and be a virtual friend. Do you respond to people when they DM you? I almost always respond to people on social media. Almost always. Who don't you respond to? people who have fake accounts oh. <laughs> no i must always like engage you know and just see unless it's some person that's just a taker oh can we talk about that i hate that and all they do is ask for favors and advice i all the time like like there's no boundaries well there are givers and there are takers and i think givers have to be really careful with takers it's happened a few times people trying a case and it's like their first case. I'm helping them with everything, like for free. Like I'm telling them how to do their cross-examination. They call me after trial every day, the day before. I map stuff out for them. And then they get a good result. And then they never mentioned, mentioned that I helped. I was like, are you fucking kidding? I'm a busy person and I did this to help you. And then they, what happens next time? Oh, I have another case coming up. Can I ask you for help on that one? It's like, what the fuck? You didn't even say... You That's know, really fucked but up. But this happens a lot, way more than you think Oh, it I'm sure, I'm sure it does. And it's just very frustrating. It's like, at least say that, like, I helped you or just say, hey, thank you. Shout out to Bob for, like, being Absolutely. there for me on the phone. That's all that I ask. And it's just, don't take, 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 take. No. And offer nothing in return. There's a, a balance. And if you only take, I think the universe is just not going to give. You end up taking it in the ass. Yeah. I mean, universe will get you. <laughs> it will. <laughs> when are you opening a Justice HQ in Florida? Sooner than you think, but it will be different than we do in Southern California. I think the vision is going to be that we start local chapters or local communities mm-hmm. that decide for themselves how they want to do it. What we found is the office space solution is valuable to some lawyers, but most of them, it's not what they care the most about. Most of the people want the mentorship, the community aspect. Our chat boards are out of control every day. And they're all segregated yeah. for people who just want help and mentorship. It's such yeah. a lonely world. I mean, thank God for social media now. But I do think it's very lonely to be a law firm owner. Yep. Just having people's profile photos or being able to use emoticons. It's, it's just different. It's a different feel. You feel like you know somebody, just not like you're texting them. But to see their face and see them respond on the chat boards, it just it's like you're communicating with somebody. Do you guys use Slack or use Slack. internal? Okay. I love Slack. Me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need to add you. Oh, God, I have 10 companies on Slack right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm in a Slack group where it's all of the big legal influencers they invited me into. Alex Sue, Matt Margolis. They're the funniest people on. Really? But they're, they're all heads of community at big legal tech companies. Not our space. They're not PI-centric, but you see their stuff. And it's just interesting to see how lawyers outside of personal injury and employment cases, how they view the world, showing them how they can monetize their position on the market. But how do they view the world? I think they're severely undervalued. You know, Litigation God, you ever seen that account? Yes. Okay, so I know who runs that and it's he, he's anonymous, but I found out who he is and like we talk here and there. Not like Gossip Lawyer, who everybody Everyone knows, knows who Gossip who Lawyer is. is. You know, people think that I'm Gossip Lawyer. Have really? you heard this? Yeah, there's a lawyer that thinks that I'm Gossip Lawyer spreading all these lies about him. He actually sent me a cease and desist. But you're not, I know who I'm not, I'm not, I'm no shit, lawyer. no shit, but he- And Gossip Lawyer is very open about- I know, he, I know. It's, it's not a secret. It's not a secret. One gal, she's huge in HR and she's just refers people employment cases. She gets called all the time because she does like HR on scale for helps companies, she's a lawyer, does that. And she told me like, yeah, uh, I was like, what do you do with those cases? I referred a few lawyers here and there that I'm friends with. Well, so what your referral fee? She's like, what do you mean referral fee? You're kidding. Uh, I know. You know, you've left millions of dollars on the table. And she's That's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, because I sent a case and the guy kept asking me what fee I wanted. I was like, what do you mean what fee? And she never got back. But the case settled for $5 million. Huh? And I was like, do you realize you lost a million dollars? 
that sucks. But, but that's that's a, that's the position because you can help a lot of people because they're very good at what they do, and then by partnering with the best lawyer and doing it automatically and tracking it, it's that's how I think you win the game. And the lawyers that are really good at what they do can be really good at what they do and don't have to worry about competing in this very competitive market spend. You know? And this is actually ideal for all the social media, like top dog. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've spoken to law by Mike, they must generate so many yep. cases from everywhere because it's social media. It's not SEO, which is so geo-modified. Okay, can mm-hmm. we talk about Lottie Girl? Love to talk about Lottie Girl, which is sold <laughs> it's out. It's sold out. I know, quickly, and a lot of people were mad. I kept telling people for months, you guys better book because- I booked I know five rooms. Oh, you did? You should, there's a lot of, like Mara's mad because there's a whole bunch of people that don't have a room. We haven't even announced who the headliner is. Usually we do it early just so people will I know buy tickets. You know who it is, yeah. But, yeah. and it's crazy to see the amount of people. So what's different this year is we're doing- uh, the law rank track, which the biz dev, yes. and it's, it's something I've been wanting to do for since we started Lottie Girl because I'm passionate about helping lawyers from starting their firms till monetization at the end, however it's going to be. So the coolest thing this year is literally have the best people, I think, in the country between a few of our brains recruiting them to come teach everybody. That was so much work. <laughs> I can't imagine everything else that goes into a fucking conference. I know. Because this was one thing and I was so overwhelmed that I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It's a different animal because it's an outdoor festival. So you're dealing with weather stuff, lighting, you're putting on a concert on top of it. I'm so excited. (laughs) It's it's so much fucking fun. Please don't wear a suit. I know. Type of conference. I get offended if people wear a suit to one of these things. Do you really? Yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, unless you're speaking, I get it. Even if you're speaking, who cares? No, I, I, you're speaking. I wear a suit. I wear suits when I speak. Or something like business, you know, attire. T-shirt, flip-flops, really nothing fancy. No, okay, let's not it's get like crazy. like you're home, talking to your family. Let's right. not Let's not get crazy. <laughs> are you, and you're bringing the girls. All the girls are coming. Wife and three little girls all coming. They love it. I um, can't wait to I was them. telling somebody this last night. This is the last Lotte Gras. So I told my daughter, she's four at the time. Remy, if you see me talking to anybody, just come up and say, Daddy, I got to go potty. It's like the code word. Did it work? Oh, yeah. It was working. But then she did it once to somebody I wanted to talk to. And she kept saying, I was like, Remy, I actually like this person. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can continue this conversation. And she kept doing it. And then she's like, but dad, I really got to go potty. So it was for real? It was for real. And then she peed her pants. No, just kidding. She was. <laughs> she just wanted to keep the joke going. That's um, really cute. Yeah, kids are very good. Okay, if they do that to me, I'm going to know. I'm going to call you, you out. You should call me out on yeah. that. I, I plan on it. I just want to meet Poppy. She's the funniest child ever. I really... Pantry poppy is my favorite. Like, I'm going to bring oh, snacks. You should bring snacks. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to bring snacks. And then, yeah, I have a couple things I want to I wanna do. She likes to read Green Eggs at Ham every night now. So I had to read it to her last night, even though I'm here. Good on the FaceTime. With I know. Her. I thought you left dinner. I'm like, where the hell Oh, no, I was Bob? reading. I was reading. And then you came back. You're like, I was reading Green Eggs. And- <laughs> she loves that book because I do the void, the two different voices for the people. And she thinks it's so funny. Oh. Yeah. And then she knows the Wait, words. Wait, so She's how do you three. do it? Go, why don't you run us through that? <laughs> I will not eat them on a, I will not eat them here. I will not eat them there. I will not eat them anywhere, Sam. I am. I do not like green eggs and ham. Would you like them on a train? <laughs> like, I see a very high pitch for the other little guy. And she's so funny. That is funny. Yeah, and if I don't do the high pitch, she's like, no, daddy, not like that. I said, all right. <laughs> that, that's really- How about here in the dark? In the dark? Did you eat them in the dark? Not in the dark. Not on a train. <laughs> We were reading uh, The Giving Tree the other day. Have oh, you nice. read it? No. I always cry 
every fucking time. Then why are you reading it? I don't because my son was reading it, and then he's like, "I don't understand why you're crying." You'll be an uh, adult when you understand why it's such a beautiful <laughs> book. And he was like, "I don't get it." And they're just like stare at me now. They just want to trigger trigger emotion. Yeah. Oh, I love it. How has the transition been to three? A lot easier than people say it is. I mean, we so it is now because our youngest just turned one two weeks ago. But the first six months it. were very difficult. She was colic. She had a lot of issues. And my my wife, God bless her, figured out all these. She had a shallow palate. She had a lip tie, acid reflex. Um, she had a milk protein allergy. My wife had to figure all that stuff out. And then she got better. We it was just like a different baby. Same exact thing with Chloe. Wow. I told Christine, this is literally the exact same yeah. thing I went. So I already knew the milk mm. component because my other kids had it. But... It's crazy. Like they release, and then if you do cranial sacral therapy, yep, it's the same thing. Literally different children. Yep, different, different. Crying nonstop, can't get them to sleep. To all of a sudden, they're like perfect kids. I know. It's so weird. And you think about that as a human being, what little things that you can adjust or that change to make you a different human. You know, I'm 43 and my wife's 41. It's like, you know, but we have three daughters. We're super healthy. Why not be preventive? So we went to, um, actually the Rileys turned it on to us and a few other folks. There's this clinic in Denver that you go to. It's called the Boone Heart Clinic and then something called Resilience Code, which- I really want to go. I you saw go. that you posted. Um, we just went through all of our blood work, all the reports. They do all these scans. Do they do like an MRI or anything like that? They'll, like do, they'll do CTs. They'll do the MRIs if they see something in your blood that triggers the MRI because they don't want to waste to do something like that. Mm -hmm. They do the brain scans. Uh, not an MRI, but they little check every or like artery. They'll do your carotid arteries, your legs. I mean, everything. They and do stress tests. What did you find? I mean, found them very healthy. Even with, with all your drinking? Even, that's what I, I asked them five times, check the liver again. And they said, it looks fucking amazing. And I said, can I still have two to three, maybe more drinks a day? Yeah. There's no nothing stopping you. There's little things you could do now just to be preventative. Like what? There's a drug called Rapatha, one of the best drugs you can be on. And all it does is help clear out um, the plaque in your arteries throughout your system just in preventive mode but it has all these other side effects any downsides they say none i had to do some screening stuff to be able to get my insurance to approve it but mm. everybody i know that has been through this clinic they say they're a different human being really yeah because it, they just find little things that are they can change that off they do like stress tests mental wellness stuff all that kind of thing oh i'm fucked they're gonna be yeah. like you're a ball of stress my stress was so low <laughs> was it how do you do that though because you don't meditate or anything like no, that right i just but it's just your personality i thrive off of it i love stress it's that's a sickness <laughs> but see i like stress too but it's like i do feel the stress yeah the only times that i feel it is whenever a million people are asking me questions at the same time it's like fucking chill like i'll get one at a time I start ignoring people. If you have a problem, start to think of the solution. Right. Yeah. Just come to me. Well, they like, say. The firm, too. Just come with me. Like, if you have something, it's not the end of the world. Just figure out, here's what happened. Here's what I think we should do. What do you think? Then it's fine. Don't come in with every situation that the fucking firm is on fire. No, it's not. There's a, there's a work yeah. through. Just start to think about it. Well, they say that stress is the, and I don't know who said this. I was watching a. Plato. A, a real. No. So, so, Socrates. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was a Someone joke. not that. Joke. Great. They said that stress is inaction. If you have a solution, right? there's no longer stress. Yeah. And then my husband the other day, so I'm like not proud about this, but because we've been moving so much, we're so privileged and here I am upset because things aren't moving quick enough. And he was like, Maria, you have to choose your luxury. You have the luxury to go and get a hotel. You don't have the luxury to be upset about stupid shit. Well, I like that. Don't sweat the small stuff. I'm like, who gives a fuck? 
Like every time people come with all these issues, like, do you really care about, like, think about all the things in your, your world and the planet, things that are going on with you. Is this something you really fucking care about? I like to say that I have to move the wheel on something every day. How many companies do you have? Probably five, six. Dude, I can barely handle one. Video game, it's going to launch soon. We have- A video oh, game? Oh, man. We, we were, oh, yeah. Wait. We're taking Dungeons and Dragons and digitizing it, essentially. We have a new game where, like, you can auto- Wait, what's Dungeons and Dragons? It's so creative because you really could do anything you want. If you're fighting somebody or doing an action, you have to roll dice to see if your, your percentage to do that thing happens. The person that's creating the experience is, like, one of your friends that's creating the game. Okay. And they have to be able to pivot quickly depending on what you choose to do. Hmm. But that's what the the drag in the game is that it takes that person so long to create new maps and experiences and adventures and bring out different monsters you might have to fight. Well, our game is going to automate all of that. So you can do it quickly and it'll automate the scores and leveling up and all that. So you can just like role play and have fun the whole time. But I'm very excited about it. Yeah, that sounds really We play a lot with lawyers and it's really funny to see people do stupid things. I'm in a campaign right now and I'm everybody's looking for the the princess who ran away. Mm-hmm. They don't know it's me. <laughs> I'm, I'm masquerading as a young boy, but I'm in disguise this whole time. It's very fun. You're so funny. I'm gonna, st- my brother Brad. I'm gonna stab him in the back and kill him next to camp. He doesn't know it yet, but he's on to me, and he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> no one else will know. They'll just know that Brad's character doesn't wake up that night. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna send him this clip. Don't. Yeah, well, he'll get it afterwards. We did one for no. A year. I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna have him. Oh man, send it to him. we did one for a year, and we let me and my twin brother in on our little brother. We wanted to make him cry, and we made him cry. Did you really? Yeah, because we saved him. I want to cry thinking about it. We got so emotional in this game. It was so funny. Really? We were sent. Brad and my character they didn't know were sent from the future. It was like a Terminator theme. We're, How do you have? Oh time? God, we don't have time. But we, I mean, like, but it's funny. It's like you make. You make time for things that are yeah. fun. And that you enjoy. Yeah. And yeah. it's camaraderie. It's a bunch of lawyers in our office play together and it's our bonding. And, but this is the digital one that you're the creating? Digital one, yeah. So we're you already to, have it. We have it and we're essentially beta testing it. Okay. And we can play it virtually so we can put the kids to bed and play for a couple hours at night, mm-hmm. log on and everybody play. And it's just hilarious. And I just try to make everybody laugh. Like we were finding ants and my character kept going around going, dead ant, dead ant. How do you think of this shit? Just comes to you. Yeah, it just comes to me. You're such a character. Yeah, it's fun. There's no way you could do all all this if you weren't an amazing delegator. There's just no fucking way. And then you live like such a chill life half the time. You don't have to own 100% of everything, including your work. Um, If you bring other people that are good. And I think about like a case, like a company. You don't have to own 100% of that case or do 100% of the work. You can give equity to somebody else that's good at what they do. You can bring a venture capitalist. They'll give you money for a percentage to make sure that things happen the right way. That's like partnering with another law firm, right? It's the same type of issue. And I think that's how you can really grow, have more fun, and then end up making a lot more money because if you make 50%, Right. On everything, it's a lot more than 100% of your limited view of things. Yeah. So my non-negotiables are like, I have to take my kids to school in the morning. I like to pick them up. I'm not available from 245 to 315 because it's picking up kids' time and bringing them home. And now you have multiple. I have multiple. I saw, I saw that your wife posted about that. Now they're two different schools. So we started homeschooling. I actually, I talked to my wife about this and I have a potential teacher you want to do. And do you know Stephen Longo in Arizona? His name sounds, re- you yes. should You should interview him. He's freaking awesome. I always wanted to homeschool. Just I feel like I just like to go against the grain, though. Yep. And my husband was like, no. And then about a year ago, he was like, you know what? 
as entrepreneurs, I really think that we need to teach our kids to be entrepreneurs. And I think school kind of knocks that out of you. Mm -hmm. So I jumped at that. I was like, okay, let's move to Miami and I'm gonna homeschool. So we found a teacher that assists other homeschool families, mm -hmm. whether the parents are homeschooling or they're going through a private teacher. So she helped us find the private teacher and she sets the curriculum, she tests the kids. It's really academic. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I am like so blown away with, and you probably haven't experienced this yet because your kids are a bit younger, is that my kids used to be really angry when they would come home from school mm. and they would fight a lot amongst themselves. And now they are the happiest kids in the world. Interesting, that's what and everybody says. They don't fight, they get along better. So we've started kind of like poking at it. Cause we've always told them, look, if you wanna go to school, you can. Like I'm not gonna like force this mm. on you. And they, I, I don't wanna cry, but they've been opening up about how much bullying there is. Mm. Oh yeah, that's the number one thing why I would do it. And it's great. Well, in your case, if I were you, and this is what I would do with my daughter. If they're going to go to school once they're like 10, has to be an all-girls school. Not a Catholic school, but an all-girls. And they've done a lot of studies as to how much better girls perform when there aren't boys in their mm, class. My wife went to an all-girls women's college. She went to Champ awesome. College, yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, what I do is I just threaten every fucking child in my kid's class. What I mean? Like she started when I did a walk around and look kids in the eyes, did the whole two eyes look at you and say, I see you. Don't be looking at my kid like that. Because like, that's what my dad used to do. My dude, my dad would literally threaten children. If kids are so them. Or their dads. Mean. He would go show up at their house. <laughs> I remember my dad, like, this kid was being mean to me, like an older kid at the bus stop. My dad's, who said that to you? He said, let's go up to his house. My dad would, took me up to his house, knocked on the door. He said, hey, is this your son right here? He goes, yeah. He's like, he's, he's teasing my boy at the bus stop. And if he does it again, I'm coming after you. <laughs> like, I love your dad. It's so funny. Like, he threatened his life. And it worked. Yeah, but see, shit. I don't, I just think we're in a different era where that wouldn't even fly, you know? Yeah, you can do it. What, what, what are they going to say? Oh, he was mean to me. Come on. I don't know. You know, I travel a lot and even just being able to see them like 15 minutes here and there during school and honestly just not even having to get ready in the morning for school. Like that was like yeah. such a fucking disaster. Like that's actually what really and motivated realizing us the schedule too. And you realize how much time is wasted in school. And we got so many emails like, oh, you know, your child failed this test. You're a private school, like fucking deal with it. And it also gives you the flexibility to- um, Travel. To travel and yeah. do something. And the schedule. teacher will come with us if we want her to. Interesting. Yeah. I gotta think about this more. Yeah. Well, I have the now contact- Now back to my to Maldives and the underwear. Yeah. I can teach my kids at Well, because well, the other thing that ends up happening is when they're in school, you end up traveling when everybody else is traveling. I know. And so spring break, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And now it's like we can either take the teacher and she can go to museums and like- do that type of thing or we don't take the teacher and it's just like hey time off and they make it up later and i worry about the socialization because my kids are little social butterflies but then they get it because like they're in ballet and piano and all those other things and soccer so well a good thing about florida and i know it's florida but they are super pro homeschool so they have like all these activities for homeschooled kids mm -hmm. so like every wednesday in october they'll go to this this place and it's like science class all day and it's a bunch of kids that are homeschooled oh, that's awesome and they have all these like meetups and things and like they're very they even well, who give helps the you navigate that the private teacher helps you do that i hope so we hired a teacher that has 20 homeschool families under her and she manages the teacher it is a lot of work but honestly 
I think school is more work because the driving to and from school, the making of lunches, the emotional component and like all the back and forth of they have this project and they need to bring cardboard and they Dude, this. it's like a full-time job just keeping up with what they got to do. It's what the fucking fuck? ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And parent-teacher conferences and this and that. This is way better. The other day, uh, two days ago, it was my birthday. They're in homeschool. I was like, hey, I'm going to take them for two hours for brunch. Then later on, I was like, hey, they're gonna, we're going to go in the pool for a bit. I was working at the public pool in the concession stand all summer. <laughs> I was like 16 or 17, my buddy and I. And uh, they gave us the fucking key to the concession stand. <laughs> So we would throw parties at night at the public pool and like there was no inventory. So we were like, we, were, we got too cocky. We were like grilling shit. Like the reason we got caught is we left, we put, we would just put beers and stick them in the ice machine to keep them cold. And we forgot to clear it. So oh my God. swim team came in the next morning and they opened it up and there were just beers everywhere. And we were like, yeah, we, uh, we resigned. <laughs> you resigned before you got fired? Oh yeah. Well, oh yeah, uh, football season starts next week anyway, so uh, we resign. <laughs> That's funny. How old were you? Sixteen? Seventeen, maybe. Well, why would they give two seventeen-year-olds the key? Well, they actually gave me the key, and then we would just volunteer they trusted for trusted you. They volunteer for night watch. We would just watch the pool at night, so we would just invite our friends over and night open, watch. Yeah, night watch. What the fuck were you watching? The pool to make sure nobody broke into the pool. And this is inner city <laughs> but, Pittsburgh. But basically, you had access. Oh to yeah. The pool. So we and then the cops came once because again we got cocky, we were drunk, we turned on the water slide. And we're going, I remember going down this water slide and being so drunk, I didn't know which way was up when you went to the water. And it was, we were stupid. That and is really, really stupid. dumb. But the cops came and they were like, with my friend Mikey Ferris, Mikey, Bobby, is that you guys? We're like, yeah. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Turn off the water slide. And we thought we were busted because again, beer was everywhere. And they were just, just turn it to keep the noise down, you idiots. But they knew who you were. They knew who we were. Why? Was it like a tight? Community? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean that's more community policing because all the, we knew all the police officers. You know, when we would literally be drinking in the woods near our house, and they try to break up parties, we'd run from them. It was like a little game, like you know, cops and robbers. I feel like it's that our kids just won't experience things like that. Like you know what I was thinking about? Like you, you know, when you're little, and you uh, doorbell ditch. Oh yeah. You can't do that shit anymore. There's cameras. There's a fucking nest on every yeah, I, single. I still do that. Like. <laughs> I go down when people were staying in the same hotel. Like we were just in Spain with a couple of our friends and one of our friends was staying two doors down from us at the hotel. And every time I'd walk by their room, I would just knock real hard and run. You knock every time. hard, by the way. I, I did a shave and a haircut just to be funny. But um, no, like my, and I always do it and leave my wife standing there. I would run, knock at you. Like, what the fuck? And I would run away. Can you, I still do it. It's funny. Wait, can you please record it when you do that? Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. I do it all the time. Okay, let's go. So it's two truths and one lie. Ooh. So you're going to tell me three things about your life. And Aren't then you? I have okay. to tell you which ones are true and which one's a lie. I have to figure out the lie, basically. I was once arrested for pulling a gun on someone. Okay. I've won two game shows. Okay. We were originally triplets, but Wallace died as a baby. There's no way you'd make up the Wallace thing. Like, that would be fucked up. So I'm going to assume that's truth. The game show, that sounds true. The gun, I think you're lying. The gun is real. No. Game, game show's real. There was no triplet. Oh, poor Wallace. Yeah. It was a good name, though. I like <laughs> that name. A little Wally. No, that was that was false. Okay, wait, wait, wait. The gun, please? Yeah, it was all, I mean, those were just allegations and accusations. <laughs> so this is it's a really funny story. But um, so my brother, twin brother and I were running a, well, we were in 16, 17, maybe 18 at this point. We, we were 18. So we were running a lawn care business. We were always hustlers. So we like 
save enough money to buy a truck. We had lawnmowers. We'd like cutting everybody's grass in the neighborhood, driving around and, and doing these things. Um, and one day, my little brother, who's seven years younger than us, left his cap gun in our car. Now, this cap gun has an orange fucking thing on the end of it. And it looks like a little pistol. It looks like a fucking cap gun. So all day while we're driving from job to job, and I'm driving my brother Brad's sitting passenger truck, he's like pretending to hold me at gunpoint, like just as we drive by people, because it was funny to us. Okay. Yeah. We're like, oh, haha, like making people a little scared and then laugh like these kids are just fucking around. So we, my brother Brad had to go get fitted for his tux for prom. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. So I had to drop him off and I went to go pick up my friend who we were going to the mall to meet him there. So my friend, who's now a very successful lawyer in DC that does like crazy analytical shit. We, I mean, we grew up in like inner city Pittsburgh, but this kid um, takes that, we're, we told him, the gun was still in the car. We told him this story, what we were doing. So he takes the whole new level. Instead of like trying to be funny, he's like pretending to pistol whip me in the car. And like this lady pulls up to us is like, are you guys okay? And he puts the gun out the window and says, no. buck, buck, bitch. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> so she calls the popo and she follows us. She follows us yelling at us. We're like, oh, whatever. So I go park at the mall. We go and get Brad and we come out and there's just cops around my truck. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so we go up and like, this lady's yelling at us and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, officer, that happened. And I was like, I'll get in the back of the cop car. And my friend was like, it's a cop cap gum, bitch. He's like, it's an orange cap. And he's yelling and he ends up getting cuffed and thrown in the back of the car. And Brad is just like, what the fuck, guys? Like, he was just, <laughs> you you should have been like, it was Brad. Like, I, I was getting fitted. <laughs> well, he had to drive the truck home. So he had to get, but it was my dad went to pick me up. It was. Was he pissed? He was more like laughing at me, like you're an idiot. Like no, we ended up having no, like nothing ended up happening about it. They did community service or something. Um, the two game shows. So when I was um, nine or ten, one of the neighborhood moms, she worked at WQED, which is what did Pittsburgh Sesame Street, Mister Rogers. Um, they did all those those public show televisions. They were coming out. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? We were on the pilot for that show, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, that we used to have for kids. Mm-hmm. And me and Mikey Burns up the street, we won that little pilot game show. And what then, did you get? We, did, we were just the pilot. I don't know. They probably gave us like a lunchbox or some shit. <laughs> I don't know. Or nine or 10. And then um, my first year as a lawyer, I won 175000 on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? No. Yes, ma'am. Can we find that? You can. Really? Yeah, it's very funny. And I what, what was the question that like you stopped at? The Peloponnesian War, which lasted from about 430 to 405 BC, was primarily a conflict between Athens and what other ancient city-state. I know you're an attorney. Yeah. And I know you know everything. Are you familiar with the Peloponnesian War? I mean, I wonder if I should just gamble and just say it and just say Sparta. God, I mean, if it's going to be Sparta up there, I'd be pretty angry at myself if I walk away. How can you be angry at walking out of here with $175,000? I agree. (laughs) She agrees. I think I'm going to drop out of school. I'd hate to say it, but I'm going to drop out of school. For giggles. Yeah, I I need to know. For giggles, let's play this out. What would you have said? If I was just going to... If I had to save, I would have just said Sparta. You would have said Sparta. You would have been right. You would have had $300,000. Our top gun attorney didn't have what it takes, but you're walking out of here with $175,000. That's a good day. That's a good day. 
Remember the little agreement that we had? But there's the camera. Let's hear you say it. My name is Bob Simon. I might be an attorney with 20 straight years of education, but I'm not smarter than a fifth grader. You proved it. We'll be right back. And I got the show because I was trying to hustle cases. I went to some random chiropractor's office because I was working for a small PI firm, and I was just trying to hustle business. So he invited me to this art show at his chiropractic office in West LA, mm -hmm. and I just went to try to meet people, and I was just talking to this woman, and she ended up being a producer for this game show. And my mm -hmm. brother and I are talking to her, and she's like, do you guys like game shows? I was like, fuck, like, we love it. Like, it's our favorite thing. I love trivia. So we went down and we auditioned the next day for Are You Smart in the Fifth Grader? And... I got a call the next day that I'm airing the following Monday and I got to come down and film. And Brad, he ended up doing Trivial Pursuit. And how did he do? He won. Like he, the most you can win is 25,000. He won it all. He swept everybody. Really? And he was on the show with the- How great, are you guys so good at this? Did you grow up watching? We're just, yeah, we're like, we love that stuff. If you, really? If you play um, like Never that movie, Seen It or, or board game, don't, Brad is like, next level, knows everything about everything. But That's I just studied, crazy. my aunt t taught, um, I think fifth grade or whatever, and then, or sixth grade, but she sent me all the material, like FedEx to me, all their material that they were studying. And I just took off work and just studied fifth grade material. Did you really? <laughs> yes. Um, but that question is not a fifth grade question that they asked me for that amount of money. But the 100,000 one was harder, um, but what I knew it. it. For $100,000, Bob, here's the question. Before becoming president, Theodore Roosevelt served as U.S. vice president under what other president? And I knew it was um, Teddy Roosevelt mm -hmm. because I had just watched, I would just, during my downtime of studying, I would just watch documentaries and it was, they had a documentary about Teddy Roosevelt. So I fucking knew this cold. So there's a wow. question, you can hear the audience be like, oh, like, dude, that's hard. And it wasn't a multiple choice, it was just like, what is the answer? And I was like, you know, Jeff Foxworth, he's the host. Like, you know, Jeff, everybody thinks that John F. Kennedy is the youngest American president, but he's not. He was the youngest elected American president because in 1901, William McKinley was assassinated and Teddy Roosevelt came in and he was the youngest American president. I hit the button. The audience is like, oh, it's like you don't know if that's the right answer or not. But it was. That's but this little crazy. girl, this little girl named Olivia saved me once with a question. You could do a kid save with a fifth grader and Aww. I got one wrong. And she's little girl Olivia. Yeah. That's cute. I did a couple jokes and they cut them. And the, the Jeff Foxworth, he's like, Bob, leave the jokes to me, man. He's like, because you have to, the show has to air for you to get paid. And I was sweating it because they almost didn't air my episode. I was like, was it because my jokes are really bad? Oh, wow. Yeah. I wouldn't, I would be disqualified after one question. Literally. Oh, like, I wouldn't, I would never want to do something like that. Oh, it's fun. I don't know the answer to any of those questions. Think, I didn't speak English in fifth grade. Yeah. So I missed all of that. Yeah. You would not do well on that show then. No. Which you might do well. on pop culture. Probably not. All right. Try. Ask me a question. Mm. Or what is Spider-Man's real name? I have no fucking idea. Oh my idea. God, you are bad at this. <laughs> I told you. What is it? Peter Parker. Oh, I knew that. So you did. I did. Yeah. But I don't know if I remember. Like if you had said Peter Parker, who is that? I would have said Spider-Man. I like this one game where you, um, we just made up this game where you have to, if you're around a group of friends, you have to name an actor, actress, or movie. And you go around, but you can't repeat the same thing. So if I say Tom Cruise, you have to then go name a movie that Tom Cruise is in. And the next person then has to name an actor, an actor from, from that movie. And you can't repeat the same thing. I would but you lose, can't get stumped. Like, if you if you can't seconds. stump somebody. And it's like, but people play like some character actor that's been in like three movies and they try to stump you. And it's really funny. Like Charles S. Dutton. It's been in like three movies, but you can fuck somebody. I have no idea who that is. He was uh, 
show called Rock. I think it was Rock, the old sitcom. But can you use your phone? I assume no. No. Oh, I, no, no. I wouldn't watch Hell no. Literally. I, we, I've watched movies and then like 10 years later, we watch it again and like five minutes before it ends, I'm like, fuck, I've watched this before. <laughs> and then it hits me like what's about to happen and I'm like, oh, fuck. The worst is if you read a book and be like, oh my God, I read this after like 50 pages. I don't no, do that, okay, but no, I know people that do that. Um, but it's almost like I could get like name, I'll set the over under it, five. Five movies George Clooney's been in. Like we do stuff like that and you just have to think and name the movies. This is a fun social drinking game. I can't think of any oh, movies yes, George can. I'm really bad at this shit. You can do like Oceans 9 through 15 and get them. <laughs> I, Sequels are easy. I would not game. even remember that yeah. that's what he was in. See, yeah, maybe you are bad at these things. I'm really bad at these all right, things. All right, all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with it. That's okay. You're at peace with it. Yeah, I'm totally Choose your luxury, Maria. Yeah, I have to choose it. And that's not it. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. This was fun. I mean, I missed the gym to do this this early, but you know. It's all well, yeah. You don't need to be consistent. No, not at all. No. No. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Ciao for now. Thank you so much to everything Bob shared with us today. If you found this story valuable, please share it with someone you want to see succeed. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review. It goes a long way to help others discover the show.